On today's episode, we are going to take a look at two growth stocks. The first one is one that many people have heard of, and that's going to be PayPal. The second one we're going to take a look at is one that's a little less known, and that's going to be Celsius. So let's get started. All right, so the first company we're going to take a look at is PayPal. We're going to take a nice in-depth analysis of both these companies, taking a look at historical growth, their balance sheets, their most recent earnings, how they collect money, and just their overall stock price performance. Like I said, PayPal is first, and for the day, it ended 2% down, um, which is pretty, the market was pretty, pretty down for the day today, but it has been a great week overall. Let's take a look at PayPal's price performance for the past six months. And here, I want to take a look at February 20th. And since February 20th, this is when the market really started to tank. Um, the This um, PayPal has actually gone up 34%. The current market cap for PayPal is about $194 billion with today's price. So why has PayPal gone up so much throughout this whole pandemic type item? And we're going to see the amount of users that are using PayPal and the overall engagement has increased throughout this, throughout this time that we're going right now and before we go any further guys don't forget to hit the subscribe button the thumbs up and the bell it helps the small channel out so much and i truly truly appreciate the support if you guys ever want to get in contact with me i'm very active on twitter and i do have a discord channel which is free to anybody that wants to join and to be honest both these stocks were requested by a member so shout outs to bill brand for bringing both these companies to my attention and just an idea for me to do an episode on Finally, let me know in the comments below which episode you guys want me to do next. Do you guys want me to do a portfolio update? Maybe my top three payment stocks or maybe just a random growth stock um, just to open up new ideas to other people. All right, so now that we took a look at the price performance for PayPal, I wanted to take a look at what PayPal does and how it collects its revenue, right? Then we can see where the growth is coming from and how PayPal is transforming throughout this whole throughout this whole pandemic. So first, the most recent quarters, which were for March 31st of 2020, and I think they reported somewhere in May for this quarter, um, trend, total revenue for this company was $4.6 billion. Out of that four, that's a, and that was a 12% growth compared to the same time last year. So we can see this is a growing company. Um, to have a 12% year-to-year growth is, is not something that many companies are doing. PayPal collects its revenue from two sectors. The first one is transaction revenue. And out of that $4.6 billion, 4.2 comes out of there. So over, I want to say that's probably over 85% of total revenue comes from that section of transaction revenues. And transaction revenues is pretty much the fees that get applied to your to your payments. Um, whenever you use PayPal and then there is a fee through that transaction, that's where transaction revenues occur. The second payment, the second is other value added services. And this is $400 million out of that $4.6 billion. So less than 10%. So actually over 90% of total transaction uh, of total revenue comes from transaction revenues. Less than 10% comes from other valued added services. And other values added services is PayPal does have a few, a few type of systems, for example, where they have, if you're a business, you can use PayPal to help with your overall business. Something similar to, to Square in its own sense. But again, you can see this is a very small portion of this company's revenue. But it's, it's still good to know where that revenue is coming from. Transaction revenue is up 13% compared to the same time last year. 
other value added services is up 2% compared to same time last year. All right, so now let's take a look at PayPal's revenue growth for the past three years. So in 2019, this company's revenue grew 15%. In 2018, it actually grew 18%. And in 2017, it grew 20. 20.7%. So we can see this company has had, has shown strong double digits, right? Last year, this previous year was 15%. And this most recent quarter, what did we see? A 12%. So it was pretty in line with what this company normally shows in revenue. What we do see, first of all, is there is a decline in revenue growth over the years. But remember, once a company gets big, it is a little bit harder for them to show that same type of growth. But still, a 12, 15% is still pretty impressive um, in my mind. Next, let's take a look at this company's gross margins and profit margins. In the past three years, one thing I'm seeing is profit margins have maintained pretty flat. So that to me tells me PayPal is already in the state uh, where, where it's already a running machine. And there's very type, there's not much growth in the form of profit margins of gross margins gonna happen. In 2019, profit margins were 13.8. In 2018, it was 13.3. And in 2017, it was 13.7. So it seems to fluctuate that profit margins around there. Well, another thing we can see is this is a profitable company, a company that makes money to investors. One thing I do not like is gross margins seem to be declining over the years. In 2019, gross margins were 44.9%. In 2018, it was 46.5%. And in 2017, it was 48.9%. So we can see there has been a steady decline of gross margins, but they're still keeping it in those 40% values, which are pretty high. Next, let's take a look at PayPal's most recent balance sheet that they reported this recent quarter. Let's just take a look at this company's debt. This company does not have any current debt and it has about $8 billion of non-current debt. This company actually has about $8 billion of cash and cash equivalents and about $6 billion of current investment. So this company actually has enough cash and cash equivalents to pretty much pay off this company's total non-current debt, which is something that's not even needed, but right, it's it, it can pretty much pay off all its debt. And I think that's a, a really good a really good thing. This shows that PayPal actually has a very strong balance sheet because after it pays that, that total debt, it still has up close to $6 billion in cash left over. All right, next we wanted to take a quick look at this company's cash flow, and then we're going to take a look at some of the recent news that PayPal has gone through throughout this whole pandemic. Um, right now, operating cash flow margins, we can see here, I, I put it in quarters, throughout the past few years, it does show that operating cash flow margins are between the mid to low mid 20s to low 30s um right now it's actually in this most recent quarter was 32.57 and that seems to be one of the highest quarters that this company has seen in a very very long time um on average like i said if we take a look at the annual it does seem like it fluctuates between that 25 to to 35 type operating cash flow margins and what this means is out of whatever 100 for example out of every 100 dollars this company does of sales it actually ends up keeping about $30 for cash flow from its operating business. And that to me is actually pretty good. If you're making this kind of money from your everyday activity, that to me tells me this is a good company. 
All right. So next, I wanted to I, I took a I took a look at this company's most recent earnings presentation, and one thing that I actually found pretty interesting is how this company is using its capital allocation. So we can see in this chart, it breaks down its capital allocation in three methods. First, capex. So this is when they buy equipment or when they buy some form of a plant that would be able um, to help them in the long term. It'll be more like a long term asset. Then they have stock repurchase, which everybody should know what that is. And the second is acquisition and strategic investments. In 2018, a huge portion of it came from stock repurchase. Two, fast forward two years from now, 2020, most of the company's capital allocation is doing to is going to acquisitions and strategic investments which i actually think is a pretty smart move they're trying to grab other forms of business the only thing is we need to make sure those other acquisitions make sense for the company it's no point for paypal to buy a company that may for example i'm looking at my measuring tape that sells measuring tape how would that help paypal at all so we have to make sure that those other acquisitions actually make sense for paypal and we're going to take a look at a few of them um in today's news all right but before then let's just take a look at their most recent earnings they're like i mentioned their most recent earnings show a revenue jump of 12 percent they did see net new active accounts of 20.2 million new active accounts adding. This uh, about 10 million of those came from an acquisition of Honey, and I actually don't know what Honey is. So let's just take a look at Honey PayPal um, to see what that what that was. Oh wow! So now Honey PayPal Honey is it's a it's more like a coupon extension type thing where you can you you get the extension and whenever you're purchasing it actually gives you coupon codes um so obviously this makes sense because then at the same time once you're purchasing with it with the coupon you could be using your paypal account to purchase that item so it actually makes sense why honey why paypal would get this here's another crazy thing they say that thanks to the pandemic the e-commerce and digital payment trends in three months have gone where it would previously may have taken in three to five years to achieve so that's why you see these huge stock price jumps on companies like these in the e-commerce companies in digital payments because in just a matter of three months these companies have grown to the amount of revenue they were expected to get in three to five years so when you think of things like that right imagine only seeing a price increase of 35 percent but now you're three to five years ahead in the future, I can understand why investors are still so willingly to be able to pay at these prices for PayPal. So next, let's take a look at some acquisitions or some form of investments that PayPal has done. The most recent came out in June 3rd, and both Facebook and PayPal invested in an Indonesian ride-hailing payment application. The Indonesian ride-hailing food delivery, shopping, and digital payment apps is in this latest round of fundings. As part of the commercial agreement, PayPal payments capabilities will be integrated into this into this platform and it's called Gojek Services. Google and Tencent are already investors in Gojek. If you guys know anything about me, I'm actually pretty bullish on both those companies down there, Google and Tencent. The second type of acquisition or strategic investments was on Red Moolah. Red Moolah Payment Solutions has entered into a strategic allegiance with PayPal. This is going to address financial inequality amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And this was actually this is actually the most recent. This one came out in June 17th of 2020. 
So we can see right now, PayPal is really focusing on increasing its platform reach to different parts of the world. It's also seeing that ridiculous growth of three to five years within three months. So we can see this is, I, I can understand why people are paying these prices for PayPal. Fine, let's take a quick look at this company's valuation. If we take a look at forward PE ratio, this company for December of 2021 has a forward PE ratio of 40.81. That to me, um, to be honest, this is, I, I want to consider this between a growth stock and a, more of a value stock, right? Because it is not growing at those type of growth that we have seen other growth stocks grow, right? We've seen those, for example, the software companies growing at 30, 40, 50%. PayPal right now it's growing at a little bit over 10%. Um, so I wouldn't really consider it a true growth growth stock. And at the same time, this is also a company that has is making money margins seem to have been stabled off they don't really seem to be moving much so it's it's more of a place where it's it's i, I don't foresee much margin growth in any direction in the near future um so I, i'm gonna use both forward pe ratio and both forward price to sales ratio to see any quick evaluation for this company for december 2021 like i said a forward pe ratio 40.81 that might be a little bit high for many people, but understand what we're paying for, right? We're paying for a company that is growing at about 10 to 10 to 15% that has a very, very strong balance sheet. And this in a market that can continue to thrive throughout this whole thing. If we look at forward price to sales ratio, forward price to sales ratio is 8.35. 8.35 to me is actually not bad with a company that has um, that has margins. Let's take a quick look of margins. A profit margins of about 13.8, it has gross margins of 44.9 it has it has revenue growth of about 15 percent it has a strong balance sheet and it has strong operating cash flow margins so to me i'm i'm, I'm i already have position in paypal um but i, I i'm not i'm still debating right now if i want to enter more into it even though right now if if i did not for example if i this is not advice these are just my thoughts if i did not have a position in paypal and i actually wanted to enter PayPal would definitely be a contender, but if I was worried about the valuation being too high, I, I personally would still enter in a smaller position just to ride the wave, right? I actually just did an episode on Spotify just two, two three days ago. Spotify, again, a company I've been in since $150, but I just did a recent video of it when it was at 200. And I said the same thing. I was like, I'm in, I'm in Spotify right now, but if I didn't have a position in Spotify, I would not want to, I, I believe in Spotify. I believe in this market cap. I believe in the growth. So even if I thought the valuation was still a little too high, I would still enter because I would rather ride the wave even with a small position. And like, let's take, let's think of it. If I would have entered Spotify with a smaller position, I still get the gains when it goes up. And if it goes down, I'm already bullish in the company. So it's just going to give me more alerts to enter more in the position. So that's that's similar how I, I do things. If Especially if I am worried about the valuation, I would normally just go in with the smaller entry position. But I think every investor is different and every some investors might think this is a bad investment. Some investors might think this is a good investment. And to each their own, there's so many ways to make money in this market. The second company we're gonna take a look at is one that probably not many have heard of. I honestly did not hear about it until one of our members in the Discord channel actually brought it up. Bill Brent, am I saying that right? Let's check out Bill Brent. Yep. Bill Brent mentioned it in the in the uh, in our Discord channel. 
So shout out to you, Bill. I mean, you're you're, you're going to become famous after this. Um, but yeah, he, he he recommended this to take a look at this. And this is Celsius Holdings. Celsius Holding is a beverage company that sells fitness type products, fitness type drinks. First, let's take a look at the market cap of this company. Market cap is $705 million. It does not even have a billion dollar market cap at the moment. Next, let's take a look at the price performance in the past six months. Let's take a look since February 20th. This company's stock has gone up about 65%. So again, this has taken a big jump. Um, and, and we're going to see why this company has actually seen this kind of jump. So first, let's take a look at Celsius. Like I mentioned, they are a maker of leading global fitness drinks. Celsius is the thing. And there are in their in their most recent earnings, which were in February in let me see. They reported May 12th of 2020, um, quarter one. There were some things I want to highlight about it. First, this is a company that's it's making not a lot of revenue. It's only making $28.2 million of revenue a quarter. And that revenue is actually up 95. Let me say that 95% compared to same time last year. So this is a strong growth company. Um, they are, like I said, they're really small, so they are still getting, still getting situated into different, into different retail stores. They just launched national product availability within Walmart at more than 1500 stores. How many stores that does Walmart have? Walmart store account. Let's just see right now. So Walmart has about 4,800 stores. So if, right, th this is the type of growth that's possible. If right now they're only available in about 1,500 stores, if Walmart likes them, imagine if they start going into 4,800 stores of them, then that would be pretty bullish for, for this company. The next thing, they also just expanded national-wide product assortment to five flavors at more than 1,500 Target locations. And now let's, again, let's look at Target store count. So Target has about 18, 1,800 stores. So they're probably pretty much at almost every Target store right now. But again, just to know that a big, a big retailer like them has a product like this and they're starting to expand. I, I, I can see why this is a strong growth. And they are in the most recent earnings, they have continued to do stuff to increase their overall brand awareness. For example, they launched workout programs via Instagram, which I think was actually pretty smart for them during this whole COVID-19. They announced partnerships with certain influencers and their direct store delivery distributions in North America grew to over a hundred partners compared to 50 when this was high, when this when this strategy was highlighted less than probably about a year ago so that's actually pretty impressive the amount of growth this company is seeing now i want to take a look at the revenue breakdown of how this company makes money so like i said it's pretty much through sales of sell of their of their beverages they might also have some form of licensing fees but let's take a look at revenue breakdown in in the first in the first three months of 2020 this company made about 28 million dollars again a very very small company but remember i said 95 percent increase compared to same time last year more than fit more than a hundred percent even close to 75 percent of this company's total revenue comes from north america north america makes about 20 million out of that 28 million and that actually still grew 70 percent compared to same time last year the other biggest is europe europe makes up a huge portion of 8.5 million of that 28 million and that's all in 183 percent growth compared to same time last year 
Asia and others make up a small portion, about 300, about 300,000. So not even in the millions. That's how small it is. And that's up about 400% compared to the same time last year. So there is still so much market growth this company can get in if things progress for the company. All right, so now let's take a look at revenue growth for this company. And Celsius, if you guys are listening to the podcast, ticker for this is C-E-L-H, but it's spelled just like it's pronounced Celsius Holdings. And like I said, let's take a look at revenue growth for this company. In 2019, it grew 42%. In 2018, it grew 45%. In 2017, it grew 58%. This most recent quarter saw a revenue growth of 90%. So it's way above its average. And let- All right, next, let's take a look at this company's margins. So the first thing we can see, 2019's gross margins were 41.7%. Like I said, it doesn't seem like this company's margins increase or decrease by much throughout the years. So it's 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 fair to say that gross margins for the next quarters, for the next years, is going to be around the same level. Now let's take a look at this company's profit margins. This company's profit margins for the most recent quarter, for the most recent year, was 13.3%. This was actually the first year this company was able to be um, profitable. On average, this company was losing about 21.7%. Let's actually take a look at the most recent quarter um, and see its profit margins. Profit margins this most recent year for this most recent quarter was 1.9%. I do believe the reason this company was profitable margins in 2019 was because of either some one-time payment, some one-time savement that this company had that year but i do think on average this company is still averaging either close to break even or negative type of profit margins so like i said i don't think this is this this was more of a black swan event next let's take a look at this company's balance sheet in the most recent quarter so let's pull up the most recent quarter this company has about nine million dollars in current debt that's it nine million dollars this company has about 19 million dollars in cash so it has plenty of cash to pretty much pay off its total current debt and that to me tells me this company's balance sheet is pretty okay even though to me i i I, seeing this amount of cash level is pretty pretty low um in theory if we're taking a look at ratio types this is a very strong balance sheet i would have totally loved it if this company had over a hundred million in cash or cash equivalents next the final thing i want to take a look at when we take a look at historical values is this company's operating cash flow margins this is cash flow that it gets from its everyday activities and normally you want this to be positive right because this company should be making money from its everyday activities if not what's the point of the company in the past four quarters even counting the most recent quarter that was on march three of those quarters were positive and those were pretty much the, the ones that were positive throughout the past six years on average most of this time the company does have negative operating cash flow margins in the most recent quarter which was of march this company's margins were negative 13.5 so if there was one bad thing about this company this would be the one this is the bad thing that that's really telling me what what's wrong with this company is this negative profit margins and these negative operating cash flow margins obviously what is expected to happen is as this company's revenue continues to grow when that revenue grows margins will grow and so will the operating cash flow margins so that's understandable but how long for that to take place so now let's take a look at this company's valuation this company's forward pe ratio and this is for non-gap earnings per share 
for December of 2021 is 70. It has a forward PE ratio of 70. So analysts actually expect this company to actually become profitable this year and next year. So that's actually a good, good thing. But a 70.07 forward PE ratio is pretty high if you're looking at that. But remember, this is a company growing revenue by over 50% annually. So you have to keep in mind of that. Forward price to sales ratio for this is 4.83. Again, remember what you're buying. You're buying a company with very strong revenue growth. You're buying a company with negative profit margins, but a decent gross margins. You're buying a company with a very, very strong balance sheet in terms of ratio, maybe not in terms of monetary value. And you're seeing a company that's expanding itself into different markets. And all those markets were seeing very, very strong growth. So to me, a 4.83, again, this is actually a company that I might personally get into on Monday. If I would have done this video today earlier, I'm pretty sure I would have entered the market. But if there is no big gap up from now, the current price is at $10 with a valuation of $705 million. If I don't see a big gap up on Monday, this is a company I would enter with like a 2% of my portfolio. Again, these are just my thoughts, um, not advice at all. I am nowhere near professional, but it is a company I'm liking. And it's a company I wouldn't mind holding to see that continued growth, right? This is also, like I said, a very, very small company. And throughout the Discord channel, there are many people speculating that this is actually a company that can actually be bought out by bigger brands out there. And that's actually very true. Right, with the $705 million valuation, if the product shows that it's actually doing really well, I can actually see another big company buying out this company. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Like always, make sure to subscribe, hit the thumbs up and the bell. It helps the small channel out so much and I truly, truly appreciate the support. Take care guys and see you next time.